Well, it's a little after four in the morning here on the morning of September 1st, 2019. It's a pre-dawn hours. The crickets are still outside. I'm sitting here with some tea. I have incense going. I'm happy you could join me. Welcome to the Rite of Song. We're going to begin, as we do every time, with a reading of the Invocation of the Muse, a translation by T.E. Lawrence, otherwise known as Lawrence of Arabia. O divine poesy, goddess, daughter of Zeus, Sustain for me this song of the various-minded man who, after he had plundered the innermost citadel of hallowed Troy, was made to stay grievously about the coasts of men, the sport of their customs, good and bad, while his heart, through all the seafaring, ached with an agony to redeem himself and to bring his company safe home. Vain hope for them, the fools, their own witlessness cast them aside to destroy from meat the oxen of the most exalted sun, wherefore the sun god blotted out the day of their return. Make this tale live for us, in all its many bearings, O Muse. And, as I usually do, I've chosen four readings based on the subjects of the threes in the deck of cards. Now I have the four suits laid out with the threes of each suit face down. We're going to let the muse guide us as we choose what we're going to talk about today. For each card I draw, there's a subject that I have prepared thoughts on or a piece to read or some way of divulging information or at least sparking the thought within you. Let the muse guide our hands. I'm going to let the muse guide our hands. I'm going to choose the first now. The three of diamonds. Honesty. That's a good topic to start with. Well, it should seem obvious to most of us that the concept of honesty is one that matters in our world. I think as children, we easily can gravitate, if we're thinking, to the idea of lying as a way to escape trouble and to potentially get what we want. It feels like a legitimate negotiation tactic. I'm guilty of it myself. I think, especially as we age, we start to notice more and more the fracturing element of lying, of mistruth, of trying to create the illusion of a reality that doesn't exist. Of course, on the very base level, we could say that a lie usually causes more lies. It becomes, to use mythological terms, a hydra. The heads keep popping up and keep growing where the other ones have been let go. 
It causes fractures in relationships. It causes fractures in your actual life. But let's really talk about what a lie is. A lie is, at its most base level, a way for you to either accept and believe or for you to disseminate blindness. And this blindness causes us to make wrong decisions in our society at large. It causes us to make them in the home, person to person, or simply individually. When we choose blindness, when we choose a lack of clarity, it becomes nearly impossible to know ourselves, to know the people around us, to know the world around us. It forces us to grow in all kinds of strange disjointed ways, just like someone who slightly turns the point of the map. If you were on a boat traveling across the ocean, you could end up somewhere completely different. So a lie in itself is a fracture in reality that hurts us so much in the long term. And it hurts us in the short term as well, because decisions can be made from such faulty places. So let's be honest about what truth is. It's hard to say what the truth is. If you have three people, there's three versions, one from each point of view, and maybe the truth, and no one is lying, to quote Robert Evans. The point here is, the truth is what we perceive it to be, however, we can't lie. We can't be dishonest to ourselves. We have to be honest about who we are and what we're dealing with. That allows us to grow and to become stronger, not to shrink back and be victimized, but to step forward, to grow, to become the warriors that we are within the world. That word is sometimes so overused. But in a way, that's what we are. If we're using mythological terms, we are the warriors in the story. We are the heroes of the story. And ultimately, in this world where things are sometimes so confusing and so dark, so vague, it's like a fog is everywhere of opinion. Let us think of it like this. Let's think of the world as darkness. And as warriors, our job is to come in and with using the truth, with using honesty, we are here to spread light, to fill the room, to fill the world with the light where we can see the truth. We can see the truth of ourselves. We can see the truth of situations. We can see the truth of everything around us. We can watch it unfold. And then we can make it better as best we can. That's what I call on all of us to try to do. Sometimes I find myself wanting to bend the truth to make the world easier. But I know the faulty ends that leads to. I was a thing as a child and it's time to put that aside. It is now time to focus on the light and filling the room, filling the world the first light. And in honor of this idea, I present to you an ambient piece called First Light. Think of the dawn rising. Think of the sky filling with beautiful, beautiful, multicolored light. 
is his first light. Thank you.
And that was First Light. It's time for us to choose our second card, which I'm going to do now. The Three of Spades. Health is a good next topic. I think it was Ingrid Bergman who once said that happiness is good health and a bad memory. But I think I want to talk about something a little bit different than what Ingrid Bergman was talking about. I think I'm in kind of a unique position to be able to speak a bit about the value of health. For those of you who don't know, maybe haven't listened to my previous show before, when I was 10 years old, I got involved in a fistfight with a bully on the playground at uh, my Catholic school where I went to school. And after the fight was over, it was a pretty big, brutal thing. It lasted all recess. And I stood up, I put my left arm in the air, and it just snapped and fell at my side. And I couldn't lift it, and I was in a lot of pain. So of course, I'm taken to the doctor, and they don't really know what it is. Well, eventually, to make a long story short, we find out that it was osteosarcoma, bone cancer, in my left humerus. I was given a 4% chance of survival, or less than 1% of surviving and keeping my arm. So the treatment began. Now, while I will not say it was easy in any respect, many, many surgeries, uh, many horrible nights in the hospital, I got off easier than a lot of kids did. I knew a lot of them who passed away. I knew a lot of them that went through treatment that stretched through years and years and years. I got through it. I somehow made it through the sub 1% because of a lot of amazing doctors and people who really gave their heart to me. I tell this story not to do anything other than impress upon you because of that and various other things. There's been times where I can't walk. There's been times where I've had to take a wheelchair. There's been times where I couldn't eat. There's been times when I tried to eat, I would get so tired halfway through a bite of food, I would have to stop and rest before finishing. I know what it's like to not have your health. I know what it's like to be bedridden. And I also know what it's like to run, to stretch to enjoy the wind on my face and, and the health of the world around me, all the beauty in the world around me. And I can tell you that if you have the ability to, if you have the ability to move and to stretch and to run, please take it. For everyone who can't, don't waste that gift. Think about the children who, at three years old, passed away from a brain tumor that I shared a room with when I was a child. 
you never got to experience that. When you've fully grown and you're able to run, you never really got to experience that. But we get so caught up in our day-to-day lives, right? It becomes difficult to take care of ourselves through our nutrition and our diet and our exercise regimes. We're so busy. But are we really? Or are we just distracted? I understand some of you have families. That makes sense. But how much more do they need you? They need you around. So what I would suggest, humbly, and I'm not a professional here, I think that this whole idea that eating well, dieting, exercise has to be hard work is a total fallacy. It's not true. You can eat incredibly well and enjoy food so much. In fact, for me, I love food more when I'm dieting and I'm doing well than when I'm just eating whatever. I eat vital, amazing food that my body craves. I drink water. I drink coffee. I drink tea. I stretch every morning. I exercise. I meditate. And because of that, I'm able to move. I'm able to enjoy myself. I'm able to move through the world and feel amazing. But I didn't start this journey until I was about 31 years old. I didn't train, except for martial arts. I didn't train much. I really wish I'd started earlier. And I'm so thankful. I have so much gratitude for my second chance to be able to feel what it's like to run, to feel that breath in my lungs, to be able to move my arms, to be able to play music. I'm so thankful for everything that my body gives me and my experience in this world. It is such a perfect vessel, as imperfect as I might somehow think it is. It truly is. To me, health comes from love. Loving others, loving myself, and loving this world and this life that we're born into. I would suggest you think about writing a love letter of your own through your health. Something to think about. it's time for us to choose our third and final card. I'm going to choose it now. The Three of Clubs. Comprehension and understanding. That's the best way to end it. When I was preparing for this reading, I spent time looking through various essays on understanding and the essence of knowledge. And ultimately, I decided I wanted to try to share something with you that I have recently really found in myself and found 
in life that I think is very profound. And maybe it sounds simplistic to everyone else. Maybe I'm the only one here, but to me it changes everything. And the idea is this. Self-worth. Your feelings of worthiness, your feelings of being valuable to the world is all an illusion. I heard the example saying, if you saw a, an apple or a human, what would you say is worth more? And if you're really coming from a place of separation and being able to see the world and see the universe as it is, you would have to say, well, there is no difference in value. An apple is an apple, a human is a human. They're inherently valuable as themselves. There is no more value to a planet than there is in a human as well. It's the same. While this might be a strange place to start, I'm not saying people are worthless. What I'm saying is this concept of needing to be worth something, all these hoops we jump through to prove that we're worthy, to prove that we're worthwhile, are completely a waste of our time. And many times they distract us from living the life we want to live. If we really consider this, we can start to understand that our lives, many times, are a constant distraction of us trying to prove how valuable we are. But if we were to sit back, realize what we wanted to experience in this world, because it sounds fun, because it sounds like something we want to do, and just set the course. We don't worry if we're worthy. We don't worry if we have enough value yet. We go through the practices, we get good, we train. We always open ourselves to others and try to help. But what if we just turned off the part of our minds that told us we weren't good enough and we just confidently moved in the direction of us achieving what we want? Strangely enough, all of the successful people I know, and I mean on a high level, they're riddled with the same sorts of problems we have. So it'd be easy to stop right there and just say, it's just a bunch of people. It's just a bunch of guys, just a bunch of women, just a bunch of humans, and you're lucky if you get in that position, but if you're not born a billionaire, I guess you just weren't lucky. And that's peasant thinking. That's from the medieval period. The fact is, you can choose to do anything. And while we might be encumbered by certain things, like our health, as I was speaking about earlier, we can confidently move that direction and start to change and elevate. It has nothing to do with our self-worth. It has nothing to do with our self-value. We can choose to do that. We can choose to release all of the junk that accumulates around the idea of being seen as worthy. Because if you're here, you are inherently worth everything. And this isn't a simple platitude, this is reality. You are as worthy of everything as the universe is worthy of you. Think about that. Turn your eyes towards the horizon, figure out where you want to go. And just take a step. And then take the next. There's nothing stopping you. And the reason I feel 
compelled to share this idea is that I feel that there are so many people who, after going through some sort of pain in their life, decided to go on the road of trying to improve themselves. And I definitely do not push against the idea of self-development. I think it's an absolutely vital thing, however you decide to go around it. But I think it's possible to get caught in a pattern of never being enough, of never truly feeling like you're able to step forward and to be a healthy, functional person. You're always having to work on some problem. I know people who are therapists, people who are people who are coaches, and all they'll do is consistently go around and talk to each other and give each other tarot card readings and, and always try to figure out what's wrong. They're all just really trying to figure out what is wrong with them. It takes the ability to step back and look at it and say, well, maybe there's nothing wrong with me. Maybe I'm just in a cycle of acting like there's something wrong and just being close enough to fix it that I can't stop. The reality is, in many cases, not all, but in many, you're fine as you are. You're enough as you are. It's time to stop chasing. It's time to stop feeling like you're not good enough. It doesn't matter. Until you give it meaning, it doesn't matter. You can choose. And to me, this is a depth of understanding that is valuable. It's subtle, but it's valuable. When we realize we have a choice, when we realize we're worthy, this opens everything up. I would ask you, once again, humbly, to consider this in your own life and see how you might apply it. Well, this concludes this week's Rite of Song. I want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens and all of your kind notes. If you want to send me a message, you can. MichaelAmade.com and the contact form is a great way to do it. I'll see you again this next week. Until next time, keep living authentically. Keep living creatively. Until we meet again.